Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1792, The Joy of Open Space, by Rose Lounsbury of roselounsbury.com, and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Friday, welcome to the podcast where I simply read blogs to you for free, covering personal growth and self-help topics like mindfulness, minimalism, self-care, meditation, and a lot more. If you like this show, I'd greatly appreciate you sharing it with someone and getting them to subscribe. It goes a really long way to keep this all going and it means a lot. Always makes my day to hear about people sharing it or see people sharing it online, so thank you for that. But for now, let's get right to today's post and start optimizing your life. The Joy of Open Space by Rose Lounsbury of roselounsbury.com. I've been an on and off insomniac for much of my adult life. It started my first year of teaching when I spent nights anxiously rewriting lesson plans in my head, trying to create the most whiz-bang learning experience of my students' lives. Little did I know at that time that most seventh graders do not consider English class the most whiz-bang experience of their lives. In fact, use of the word whiz-bang automatically discredits it from any consideration in their top 10 life experiences. Once I finally settled down as a teacher, a more vicious stress hit, infertility. I spent entire nights in paralytic worry. Will I ever have children? Will Josh and I grow old in a quiet home, just the two of us? We were blessed in 2009 when that problem resolved with the birth of our triplets. And of course, as all parents know, there's nothing more relaxing than a newborn, right? My worries had only begun. Despite the exhausting work of caring for three babies, I often found myself unable to sleep when my head hit the pillow. I tried all sorts of higgery-jiggery to induce sleep, counting backwards from 500, drinking warm milk, limiting screen time. One mental exercise, though, sticks out in my mind, imagining myself in my ideal environment. What's strange is that despite my efforts to place myself in various exotic locales, my mind always conjured the exact same image. A woman in the midst of a prairie, leaning on a fence. She rests her head on her arms, which are folded across the top fence rail, propping one leg carelessly along the bottom. Her long hair is pulled back casually. She gazes off into the distance toward the faint outline of a mountain range. Far behind her, somewhere, is a house, all by itself, alone in the vastness. She turns to me and smiles, then stares back in her original direction. I became obsessed with her. Who was she? Why was she so calm, so peaceful? I wanted to be her. Would I have to move to Montana? Stop wearing makeup? 
learn how to saddle up some doggies, learn what saddle up some doggies means. She became my own little Mona Lisa. What was that smile about? Was she taunting me, inviting me? What did she know that I didn't? As I've minimized so many of my physical possessions over the years, something about this woman has become clear. My fixation with the image isn't so much about her, it's about the space. She's not the most important part of the picture. The vast emptiness around her is. I've realized something else too. As I slowly shed the burden of my stuff, I became more like her. I didn't need to move to Montana or some tropical island in the middle of nowhere. I created a peaceful environment right here in suburban Dayton, Ohio by creating more open space in my home. I've said many times to people who've inquired about my minimalist habits that the reason I do it is because it makes me feel calm. I no longer look about my house anxiously, fearing that my stuff will swallow me whole. I feel at peace, no vacation required. I believe everyone feels this way when they encounter open space. Take my classroom, for example. As I started creating open space in my home, I did the same thing at work. I remember the day I donated a large red rolling cupboard to a new teacher. When my students came into my room and saw the bare corner, they were astounded. What did you do, they asked. Feels different in here. Some didn't say anything though and simply walked over to the space, raised their arms and twirled slowly in a circle. Let me remind you, these were 12 and 13 year olds. Arms up twirling isn't their typical stance. Yet confronted with the unexpected joy of open space, they cannot help but adopt the universal body language of wonder and happiness. There's something in all of us that attracts us to open spaces. I bet if you asked 100 people to imagine their ideal environment, 99 of them would name something that involved space, a beach, a woods, a field, a river, etc. I doubt anyone would describe their ideal environment as a crowded shopping mall or a basement bursting with boxes of old memorabilia or a living room stuffed with toys and magazines. Yet we consistently place ourselves in these environments every single day. It's no wonder we long for vacations. Vacation is not just a break from our daily routines, it is often a break from the overwhelming stress of our stuff. So I have a challenge for you. Imagine yourself in your ideal environment. Got an image? Good, now create it. In your daily life, at work, in your house, with your family, it is possible. And in case you're wondering, I've been sleeping better lately, I'm not sure if that's due to minimizing or not, but I do know that the image of the woman on the prairie no longer mystifies me. Nowadays, when she turns to me with that secret smile, I know exactly what she's smiling about. You just listened to the post titled The Joy of Open Space by Rose Lounsbury of roselounsbury.com. Really interesting perspective and observation from Rose that I've never put together about how if you pretty much ask anyone to imagine themselves in their ideal environment or anywhere they'd like to be, they'd likely imagine someplace very open, most probably outdoors, but even if you don't like the outdoors, it's unlikely to be someplace with a lot of clutter. That clutter really seems to have a direct correlation to how cluttered our minds feel. Like when my mind is juggling a bunch of things maybe tasks, worries, anything really. I feel like my space becomes more cluttered too. But when things are calm and there's less anxiety and less pressure, generally my space will also resemble that mindset, 
things will generally be less cluttered. That's the case for me. I'm not sure about you. I think it works both ways. The more cluttered the space, then the more cluttered our brains feel too, kind of like a feedback loop. That's something to think about today for the Friday episode. Maybe it'll spark something in you to do some minimizing or decluttering this weekend. In either case, have a great weekend if you're listening in real time and I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.